new Star Wars movies, a new Harry Potter series, and Hellraiser. And Hellraiser. All that and much more coming up next, so stick around. Hello everyone, so couple disclaimers here. So, first off, these episodes of our podcast come out every other Monday. Unfortunately, this week, uh, I got bogged down with other stuff, and yeah, so this is coming out a few days late. Um, you know, probably nobody listening really cares, but I do, so if you do have your if you do have any complaints, go ahead and send them to our email. I won't read any of them, but you can feel free to send them. But anyway, moving on to uh, some news that we did not cover when we, we recorded the new segment. It came out after we recorded it. So a few days ago was the 85th anniversary of Superman, and James Gunn on that day posted a picture of the finished Superman legacy script. So he is done writing the movie, but he did debunk some rumors that casting is already well underway. Like, like production is officially starting, but they haven't nailed down. Like they're still auditioning people as of now. And he, James Gunn did also confirm in a tweet that Jimmy Olsen will be in the movie. So that's good to hear in some less good news. Uh, some going back to this Jonathan Majors assault allegations stuff. Apparently, more people have come out and been cooperating with the district attorney's office, and things aren't looking good for Majors. He has been dropped by his publicist, the lead company in Management 360, but as of now, he's still represented by WME. But according to Variety, sources familiar with the matter tell Variety that multiple alleged abuse victims of Majors have come forward following his March arrest and are cooperating with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The prospect of more women waiting in the wings would mark a dramatic turn in the case. Yada yada, just goes up, the article goes on. But yeah, so things don't look too great for Jonathan Majors, and there have been no official reports about his future with Marvel. Some people are speculating that it kind of depends on how he's received in Loki season two. But at this point, if things get worse, it seems highly likely that Marvel drops him as Kang and they recast him. So that's unfortunate. I thought he was really good. Like he was only in one movie so far, but I really thought he had a really commanding presence as Kang. I really liked him and he's a really good actor. But if he is guilty of these allegations, then can't really feel that sorry for him. But anyway, those are the disclaimers slash news we didn't cover. Here's the actual, actual episode. Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to Casual Experts Only. We are your casual experts, Mike and Luke. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Hellraiser movie, specifically the first one and the reboot. So, yeah. kind of comparing those, talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, 
but before that, we have some news to talk about. Yeah. So first things first, uh, when was it? Like, I think it was two weeks ago at this point. There was the Star Wars celebration mm. in, uh, I believe it was in the UK. Yeah. And there were a lot of like little things, little announcements. Like, um, I know you're not really into Star Wars at all, but uh, Bad Batch season three was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like the final season. Um, and three new Star Wars movies were announced. Yeah. Um, there is this Ray centered movie where mm-hmm. she is going to be like restarting the Jedi order. Basically, I guess kind of what Luke tried to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, with Ray, which I know it's like some people are kind of mad about this. I am, I don't know, cautiously optimistic because okay. I feel like I didn't dislike any of the characters, the main characters in the new trilogy. I yeah. just thought it was okay. like all over the place and wasn't written the best. So I feel like mm-hmm. this could kind of in a way redeem some of the stuff that the sure. new trilogy messed up, like specifically Ray and hopefully Finn's going to be in it mm. and he's going to have an actual like arc and not be wasted. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he should be one of the new Jedi that are in Ray's new order. Cause they kind of like suggested and then JJ Abrams confirmed that he's force sensitive. Um, so yeah. all that could, they could kind of redeem a lot of the like mishandled stuff. I feel like um, as opposed to just, striking out of continuity which is never going to happen you know Mm. like a lot of fans want that to happen but disney spent millions you know of dollars on these movies they're not just going to be like well if fans on reddit are mad then Mm. i guess we're gonna you know (laughs) yeah uh uh, so that there's that there's also a dawn of the jedi i believe it's called or like dawn of the force something something like that that's supposed to take place like at the very beginning i guess of Mm. like all star wars and supposed to be like how the first people figured out how to harness the force okay um and that's going to be directed by james mangold Mm -hmm. um and he he also confirmed that he is writing and directing swamp thing yeah yeah i think at star wars celebration he was asked and he so that's cool that that's Mm -hmm. confirmed yeah and he he is also he did direct the new indiana jones movie for for Mm -hmm. lucasfilm so maybe i'm kind of thinking them having him direct this feels like they have some confidence in his ability like they must like the new indiana jones movie yeah um from what they've seen so that's that definitely gives me some hope with that Mm um and then there's also a third movie which is supposed to be like the culmination of the disney plus shows um like the mandalorian and the ahsoka show that's going to be coming out and the book of boba fett i I, i'm like there isn't really much information on it besides it's supposed to be like the climax of all those storylines coming together it's seeming Mm -hmm. like some big crossover film i guess seemingly with like the mandalorian characters ahsoka and boba fett most likely and probably Thrawn might be the big bad because it seems like they're bringing back Admiral Thrawn for Ahsoka, but I don't think he's, they're going to, to defeat him in that show. Mm. I feel like he's going to be the big bad. Uh, and Dave Filoni is directing that, who created the Clone Wars and co-created yeah. Mandalorian, all that stuff. He created Ahsoka. So that could be cool. Uh, kind of weird because I kind of felt like the Disney plus shows where it's kind of going to go on forever with like endless mm-hmm. spin. Like I'm sure they will, but like, there's like the, you know, like, like the, like the Mandalorian verse, I guess. Yeah. If you want to call it that, it kind of felt like it was going to continue on forever with like endless seasons and spinoffs. So the fact that they're actually mm-hmm. kind of putting a cap on this is a little surprising though. It's probably not for a few years at this point. Yeah. And like, I kind of feel that same way. I mean, I don't watch any of these shows, but I was kind of surprised yeah. that they, announced the final season for bad batch. Like they're just going to tell yeah. the story and they're going to be done. And that's, we're not going to go on forever. Yeah, which like I have mixed feelings because I do re- like Star Wars a lot, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I feel like they should probably do that. I feel like yeah, going on forever and ever is just kind of not great writing, and it's just I think 
everything right. kind of stagnates, even really good stuff. If yeah. you just keep it going for forever without actually ending the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Ahsoka series has an official release date, kind of it's supposed to come out in August of this year. And Lars Mikkelsen is confirmed to be playing Admiral Thrawn. He voiced him in Rebels, Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels, which this Ahsoka series feels very much like a Rebels um, sequel. Because pretty okay. much all of the characters in Star Wars Rebels are going to be in it to some mm-hmm. degree. Uh, you know, so kind of, which is going to be interesting because I wonder how they're going to tackle it if they're going to make it accessible to people who haven't watched Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's just, or if they're just going to kind of assume, because I feel like Mandalorian kind of does a pretty good job at, you know, in, introducing characters that people who've watched all the series know about, but other people don't really have to watch them to understand what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. they're just, mm-hmm. you know, so that's interesting. I kind of wonder how that how that's going to work. And apparently, the two vi- the villains of the series are going to be Dark Jedi. Not oh, Sith, okay. but they're supposed to be people who survived Order 66 and kind of renounced the Jedi, but aren't Sith. So they're kind of like towing the line of, mm-hmm. but, but they are villains. So that's interesting, I suppose. Moving on from Star Wars, there is a new Harry Potter series. Before we yeah. talk about that, I did want, want to mention that HBO Max is becoming Max soon. I think they're discovered, they're, they're yeah. putting together HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. I think is the idea, and they're just calling it Max. You're like, wow, what an inspired like I, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a I, I wish they had a different name. Like I, I don't mind the Max aspect, but the yeah. fact that they're just dropping the HBO. Yeah, I was Max. talking about this with one of my friends. It's like HBO has been like one of the most recognizable TV networks for like decades, yeah. and like they're getting rid of that. It sounds bad for branding, but like, yeah, that, that's it, true. It too. seems like um was it david saslav is that the yeah okay yeah it it seems like it was him who's trying to kind of remove it from that and trying to make it its own thing and it's kind of like yeah i don't know it's it seems like he just has like a big ego and he's trying to just kind of make his own Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. but like i mean dropping the hbo that seems like a mistake to me yeah or it could be something more tied with like warner brothers like warner brothers max or something would be better yeah. or like something or like a, a, a combination like i mean to be honest the, the name that itself like warner brothers D- discovery isn't like you know that great but mm-hmm. i feel like that some sort of combination of that would be better than just max right but we'll see how it goes we'll see i mean if it's basically the same as a name change you know i don't think it'll change that much like yeah. i don't think people are gonna necessarily unsubscribe because what is not hbo max anymore you know but yeah, but I just feel like in the future, people are like, oh, what's that show yeah. on? It's on Max. Like, what's, like, yeah, what's like, Max? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um, so apparently, the service is going to have a three tier pricing, which is going to be nine ninety nine a month uh, for ad supported, um, fifteen ninety nine for Max ad free. But apparently, that's only going to be HD. It's not going to include four K streaming, which. HBO Max already now, I think it's at $14.99. Yeah, they raised and, it last year, yeah. And it does include a full 4K, though. Mm-hmm. So if you want the 4K, if you, basically if you want what you have now, you're going to have to pay $19.99 a month for mm-hmm. Max Ultimate ad-free, which I feel like isn't going to be, I don't know, I feel like it's probably going to piss off some people. And it's kind of yeah. like not clear because right now, like I, I have it through AT&T, mm-hmm. through our phone plan. So is that going to like roll over? Are they are they going to you know still do that, or is like well, like how is yeah. that going to work? You know, I feel mm-hmm. like 
this could definitely cause some issues <laughs> for a lot for of people. Sure, for sure. So yeah, that's, hmm, uh, I don't know. I guess like, yeah. I, I feel like it makes sense to combine discovery and right. HBO max, but this, what they're doing with, I'm not sure is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, that Harry Potter series, I, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, Harry Potter is like one of the few fandom things I never really got into. Mm. Um, but like, what is the point of this? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like Harry Potter is one of those things where the the source material is different enough from the movies that we got that I feel like there's definitely enough room for another adaptation. Okay. If they want to do more close to the books or something like that. But what I feel like a lot of people are saying is that they're going to try to go nostalgic. And so they're kind of going to just try to be somewhere in the middle, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I also heard that this is going to kind of, they're kind of using this as leverage to get the old cast back to make kind of legacy sequel to those movies. Okay. And so I'm not really sure what's happening, but there's going to be either way. It seems like there's going to be new Harry Potter content. That's on point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems from what I heard, the description of it is that it's going to delve deep into the books whatever yeah. that means, whether it's a straight up reboot or not. I feel like though, like kind of, I, I mean, like, like, yeah, like I, I, I haven't read all the books, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, is there really enough material? Cause I feel like the movies didn't come out that long ago. Yeah. And I feel like the fans of the books were happy for the most part with the movie mm-hmm. adaptations. So like, who is this new series for? Like it's too recent. The movies were too recent to be like trying to appeal to a new audience, really. Yeah. I feel like, and also like, I feel like the original fans were happy with the original movies. So like, what are, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I feel like it's gonna be kind of weird to have two adaptations sure. from like kind of the same people, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, mean, I personally think there's enough room if they're going to go more faithful to the books. But I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just me. There's a lot of material that wasn't tapped into because it's, it's sure. the books are more they have the same plots of the movie, but it's kind of more like a, they lean more into the coming of age aspect of it. Like the movies uh, didn't really touch into that. So it's more like okay. they, they definitely have like the kids at school kind of just being kids kind of thing, as well as yeah. all of the other magic stuff happening as well. And I guess to be fair, the first one did come out like 20 years ago yeah or longer so um and like to be honest too the spinoffs they have done haven't done too mm-hmm. great so right maybe that's kind of why, why they're deciding to reboot mm-hmm. instead of you know which honestly i feel like it'd be better to just do like a legacy like yeah, series and, yeah i feel like that would be like more hype behind it but you know maybe they will yeah. like you said but the thing know. with with the legacy is that they would because i mean are you familiar with the cursed child yeah yeah, okay, the, yeah, the, that the was not very well received. So you'd have That's to kind true. of like have something like that, but like completely different at the same time. I don't yeah, know. That, it, it seems it seems kind of messy being a legacy sequel, but like that seems like obviously like what you're gonna want to do because all the all the casts and all that. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh but moving on to some trailers, there have been a few trailers that dropped, I guess, uh new a new trailer for the continental series which is a john wick spinoff it's supposed to take place like in the 70s um and it's supposed to be like about the hotel like the new york continental and like young winston and everything Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean could be interesting if you're into the john wick series um 
it didn't really show too much. It was hard to like really, you know, tell it was going to be good or not. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new Penguin, a new s- trailer for the Penguin series, but it's like an in-development trailer, which is kind of weird. But like it showed a mix of edited scenes and set videos, mm. which was kind of interesting. They, they did a similar thing with the Batman before yeah. that that came out like they said they, they released the first trailer at fandom and said like in production or something because mm. they weren't quite finished filming it yeah uh but yeah like it looks it looks kind of like a uh godfather mob movie kind of mm. thing but with the penguin which i'm yeah. totally down for i feel like it sure. matches the tone of this of the movie mm-hmm. and i think it fits that version of the character right um, which I kind of, I mean, if you're going to do a realistic thing, I think you should definitely go with that instead of like a guy who carries around umbrellas and stuff, you know? Right. Uh, and there is apparently a new trailer coming for The Flash on the 25th of April. Okay. I believe this is when, this is like the same weekend or the same, not the same weekend, but I think um, it's going to show at CinemaCon around that time. Okay. So, yeah. I think the first screening for the CinemaCon is like tw- the 23rd or something. So I think a new trailer is coming a few days after that. Okay. And there have been some new footage released for like some TV spots or something floating mm-hmm. around the internet, new Im- images, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And apparently this is, you know, not DC or trailer related at all, but there's apparently a Knuckles spinoff series mm-hmm. coming out. Um, spinoff from the Sonic movies. Yeah. I didn't even know this was happening or if I did, I forgot. Uh, but it's it's officially begun filming um, the official Sonic um, social media account posted it. So, mm. yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm assuming it's supposed to come out on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I thought I haven't seen the second movie. The, for, the for first mm. one was fun, but it's like, is there really enough of a fan base to like warrant mm. the series? But I guess we'll see. Yeah. So moving back to some DC stuff, apparently Creature Commandos has a full voice cast. Yeah. It's been confirmed by James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull it up. I, where, the, where the hell is it? Uh, okay. Yeah. So Sean Gunn is coming back as Weasel. Mm-hmm. He voiced him in the Suicide yeah. Squad, though it was pretty much just like screeching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Frank Grio is going to be F- Rick Flag Senior. Yeah. Maria Bakalova is Princess Ilana Rostovic, who is apparently an original character, not from the comics. J- okay. James Gunn confirmed that, and she uh, she's actually in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Okay. As she's the voice of Cosmo. Oh, okay. Cosmo she was the from, dog. She's from Borat. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Indara Varma is the bride. Not really sure. And then Zoe Chow is Nina Mazursky. Um, I'm not really familiar with Creature Commandos at all, so <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the like the um, it, it that image they released for the announcement, and it just you know. So like, I think that's the fish lady, mm-hmm. Nina Mazursky. But I, I don't really know. Um, Alan Tudyk is Doctor Phosphorus. Mm uh david harbour is eric frankenstein and then sean gunn is also playing gi robot mm. and i guess steve agee is reprising his role as john economos so it seems like they are t- trying to tie this into okay like the suicide squad and the waller tv show and peacemaker and stuff that's interesting because uh, i thought when they announced rick flag senior there was going to be some kind of a prequel but then they're also too. trying to tie it into to that so that'll be interesting. but he he does look older so yeah. maybe it is supposed to be like now it's kind of hard to tell um yeah honestly yeah another thing you said it was 
Eric Frankenstein? Is that what you said? Yeah. It's interesting because like in the original, it was Victor, but then when Universal made their movie, they used a different name. I don't remember, but it was like, I don't know why. Yeah, but it's 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 the monster. So. Oh, I see. So there's okay, that makes sense. Yeah, people call the monster Frankenstein, but it's not technically Victor. Okay, I see. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that goes by the comics. I'm not really familiar. Yeah, with Yeah, I haven't read the, the comics. comics. I know the monster, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So and it's kind of like yeah, it seems really weird. Like where does this like where does Peacemaker season two, Waller mm-hmm. and Creature Commandos, like where the hell do they fall? Because yeah. Yeah. James Gunn keeps saying the Flash reboot stuff, but not everything. He just said right. that recently um, about Viola Davis continuing as Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. But then this stuff, Creature Commandos and Waller supposedly comes out before Superman Legacy. Right. But then he's James Gunn said he's not working on Peacemaker season two, two till after Superman Legacy. Right. So it's like, are, are these like fractured timelines or is this like mm-hmm. the same one and just certain stuff is staying the same just out of necessity because yeah. Peacemaker and stuff and a Waller were already ordered before this DDC reboot was like official. Are they just doing this kind of because they have to, but then going to try and tie it in? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of confusing yeah. and I'm not sure how I feel about it. But at right. the same time, I'm going to watch it because it's DC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what's also what's important to note here is these pe- people were all cast not just as the voices but yes them throughout everything so anything right. that comes out from dc now that is these characters is going to be played by these actors mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know if they do like rick flag senior and like peacemaker season two then right. it's going to be frank grio and so right. on or if they do like a video game or something you know yeah mm-hmm. so that's interesting so, so that's like our first official like new actors in the dcu yeah um so yeah that is that uh i've been meaning to talk about this for a while but i keep forgetting apparently aquaman um 2 the sequel has been getting really bad um Mm. er early screening reviews okay apparently a lot of it is like editing like like it's it's really slow and boring Mm. from what i've been hearing so I have been hearing like a lot of speculation that, that they're going to like recut it and like retool it and everything. Um, I mean, they have until like what December of this year, I think it's supposed to, it's December, not supposed to okay. until Christmas, I think. Um, so I'm guessing they're probably going to edit it a lot and maybe make it better, but like it doesn't bode super well, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I guess we'll see. I, I guess there were some issues behind the scenes. Like James Wan, I guess was having some issues yeah. like, with this movie. So yeah, that'll be a uh, interesting, and it's kind of, and it's also weird because it's the second movie coming out after the Flash. Yeah. But the only thing is, Blue Beetle is can be in anything like it doesn't directly yeah, re- reference yeah. anything else. Whereas Aquaman, Jason Momoa was in the other DC EU movies. Right. So what continuity continuity does this fall into? Is it supposed to kind of take place before the Flash? Or like it's yeah, it's it's sort of weird. Yeah. But if that's like the end of the you know, quote unquote DCEU movies, then that's not awesome. <laughs> yeah. To kind of go out with that movie if it's really bad, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. Right. But here's, here's a little bit of casting news. Apparently M- Marina Baccarin and Stefan something in language. I can know. Capic. I don't know. There's a lot of asterisks and others. symbols. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sure I b- butchered it, but they're going to be in Deadpool three returning as Vanessa mm-hmm. and Colossus. Okay. Um, so I had recently listened to a podcast, um, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You. 
and he had Marina Baccarin on that. Mm-hmm. And in in that show, she was talking about how she she had been like she had heard from Marvel to be in this, but they hadn't reached an agreement yet. She wasn't sure if they were going to reach an agreement. And then like the next day I saw her post saying that she like said yes or something that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That, that That's cool. Which yeah, I, I, I am glad. Cause I, I was a little worried. This movie is going to feel like an MCU version of Deadpool. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like it's not going to feel like the other movies, right. but it seems like they're doing their best to kind of make, to make it feel like a sequel. Yeah. While at the same time, and then now it's also like a Deadpool and Wolverine movie, but also the first Deadpool MCU movie. So, mm-hmm. But the fact that Vanessa and Colossus are going to be in it, even if it's a small role, I feel like yeah. ties it in more to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mia Goth is apparently cast in the new Blade movie. Yeah. I don't think there's been any official news on who she's playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that. <laughs> I mean, there isn't a lot else to say. The Blade movies definitely had some troubled um, right. production. I hope they can pull a good movie out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been done before, so... Yeah. Is they definitely have talented people working on it. So, uh, but continuing with it within in the Marvel vein, uh, the Marvels as has apparently has the mm. most disliked MCU trailer on YouTube. Yeah, that's kind of surprising because I think that I think it looks good. I don't know. I know, like it it, it wasn't a bad trailer. Like it doesn't yeah. look amazing, but it looks fun. Like yeah. you know, it looks better than the first one. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, exactly. it, it's like it's kind of a sequel but at this point it's more of just a team up movie with the right. other marvel characters you know but yeah it, lo- it looks fun it definitely has more the tone of the ms marvel show mm-hmm. but like i'm fine with that you know and yeah. i feel like they need that for brie larson's captain marvel mm-hmm. because she did not work as like a very stoic character right i feel like she works a lot better when she's more like fun i guess mm-hmm. as a character she's a lot more likable yeah um so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But like, I feel like it's just like Captain Marvel hate because it, it yeah. wasn't a bad trailer. No, um, yeah, exactly. I was honestly kind of surprised because I thought people were more like positive about this. But then again, there are a lot of trolls. So right. <laughs> who right. knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, but more Marvel. Trevor Slattery. This was announced a while ago that Ben Kingsley will be in the Wonder Man show as Trevor Slattery. Mm-hmm. But some new set photos show him on set of the show. So yeah, they're currently filming his scenes. Nothing too crazy there, but kind of makes, but it does make sense, I guess, if they're doing the original origin for Simon Williams, that he's 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 an actor and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Last bit of news I wanted to talk about: Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League, the Mm. video game by Rocksteady, has been pushed back again to February second, twenty twenty four. I yeah I really don't know what to think about this game because I I I was pretty excited at first when it was first announced because it's it's in the same universe as the Arkham series right but then they kept releasing more stuff about like like there was like microtransactions and it's supposed to be like an online game like very similar to Marvel's Avengers game which nobody liked because of that stuff right so it seems like they're doing the same thing so I was like why would you do that and why wouldn't you just make it like the other like the arkham games that's like a story yeah. game you know right um so i'm definitely not going to pre-order this no <laughs> like I'll, I'll buy it at some point probably if it gets good reviews but i made the mistake with gotham knights um oh. where i pre-ordered it and like it's not terrible but it's not worth 60 bucks mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah but yeah that is that for the news uh, did you have All anything right. else to add no i think we covered it cool then let's jump into hellraiser Today we're going to be talking about 
Hellraiser specifically, the original, and then the the remake reboot. I'm not even really sure what yeah, it is, the but the, the new the re- new one, the reimagining. Yeah, I think exactly. Is what is what they're officially calling it for whatever reason? Mm-hmm. I don't know why they can't just call them re- remakes anymore. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like it's in a different continuity. Oh, it definitely has to be. Yeah, but because like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like you can have. I don't necessarily have an issue with the the two pinheads being together in the same universe. I guess that makes that's sense. That's true. That that could definitely work. But the whole like in the new one, like the the configuration is turning into yeah. different shapes and stuff. And I feel yeah. like we would have definitely seen that before in the ten other movies. But I was just thinking of um, the Candyman movie that came out. Mm. I think last year, the year before, which okay. again is based off of a Clive Barker story. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, instead of just calling it like a sequel or something or a reboot, they kept calling it like mm-hmm. a spiritual remake or like a no, a spiritual sequel. Mm. Instead of just saying like, yeah, it takes place after. Like it's technically like if you watch it, it's technically a sequel. It's just yeah. like a kind of like a legacy sequel, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they have these fancy names sometimes in Hollywood because it it, right. it, it kind of makes it more confusing than just saying what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hellraiser. I was not familiar with this. Like, I mean, I I, I knew of Hellraiser and I knew about Pinhead because he's he's kind of a horror icon. Yeah, but I didn't know anything about the story at all until mm-hmm. recently. I think I saw some YouTube videos and stuff, and then I recently watched the first movie. I've only seen the first movie, and then then the remake. Yeah, I've only seen those are the only ones I've seen all the way through. I've mm-hmm. attempted to watch the second one a couple of times. Mm. Uh, it introduces some interesting lore ideas, but it's yeah. not a very good movie, so I didn't, yeah. never finished it. Um, and uh, the other it, ones, I've never even, I've never even attempted no, to watch. I, I have no interest in seeing the others really because <laughs> I've only heard bad things. I, I I'm kind of yeah. interested in the second one just because it continues with. What's, yes. What's the main girl's name? I, I can't uh, even Kirsty, remember. Kirsty Cotton, I believe it, her name it, is. I don't it, know her it, last it name. Her first name's Kirsty. I'm pretty sure you're, you're right. It, it is Cotton, but. Yeah, so it kind of continues her story, so I'm mildly mm-hmm. interested in that. Plus, it kind of gives more, you know, like you said, more lore with stuff, yeah. which there really isn't a whole lot in the first movie. I, I was, yeah. I was, I was kind of expecting them to explain more, and right, honestly, have the Cenobites in it more than they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> with with the original and then with the yeah. remake too. It's yeah. like there's a lot of lore potential here, but they, yeah. aside from the second one, they don't really tap into it, and it's yeah. kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it makes sense to a certain extent with the first movie because it, it seems almost like in the original books, Clive Barker almost made yeah. the Cenobites, like, they weren't, like, the main focus. They were just kind mm-hmm. of part of it, part of the story. But they weren't like, you know, because the way four horror franchises work is there's always like some monster that like the story revolves around. Yeah. So, of course, Pinhead and the Cenobites became that object. But in the books, it seems like mm-hmm. it was more like they were characters in the story, but they were almost sometimes side characters, especially in some of his later work. Yeah. So I think that I think he only wrote two books mm-hmm. um, on the in the Hellbound Heart, which was what the book's called. Right. And the first book is basically just the first movie. He also he wrote and directed the first movie, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a couple major changes, but for the most part, it's the same story. Yeah. And then he didn't write the sequel until 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read that one yet, but um, yeah. And so for the most part, it was kind of just 
Yeah, basically, it was just a story of, I don't remember the woman's name, but her and Frank and their kind of affair and they're luring in all these people and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's really unique. Um, yeah. One thing that is interesting, a couple of major changes that I think is fascinating because it's, he wrote and directed the movie and he wrote the book. And right. so the, the changes that he made are like, well, it's very interesting. Why did you change this? Right. And, you wouldn't think that. he would change that much from his original novel, you know? Yeah. And one of the major changes is that in the book, um, he's it's, they're not called Pinhead in the book. She, uh, it's called no. the, the, the Hell Priest. And yeah. it's actually a female in the book. And in the movie, they changed it. And it's really interesting. You know, like, why did they do that? I feel yeah. like... Um, they From, did that yeah what wasn't was he say? like the described as androgynous like it what it wasn't really clear what what gender pinhead uh, was or was that just i'm pretty sure they they use the female pronouns oh okay All in right. the book interesting yeah um but yeah and so i i think i don't think it was ever officially stated why he made that change but mm-hmm. i think it was because in the 80s a lot of the major horror icons were males Mm-hmm. And so he changed it sense. To, to kind of fit into the mainstream. But then I think that that one change kind of changed the course of the rest of the franchise yeah. because it kind of just turned into a slasher franchise after right. that. But that's not really what the story is. No. And so it's, yeah, that, that one change, like the rest of the story is more or less the same, but that one change kind of, you know, changed the whole course of the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. It, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, it's maybe sacrilegious to say, but I kind of prefer the new one to yeah. the original um i mean for me I, I guess the original was so it felt you know it felt like like i was saying earlier you know there there was this story and then, then the cenobites were in it but mm-hmm. like for me the whole thing that's in- interesting about it is the cenobites and like the, that sure. whole stuff behind it um which is still kind of confusing like it's a lot more confusing and less fl- fleshed out than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. um but yeah even like the first movie like pinhead's hardly in it he just sort of shows up says, says a few things and then you know leaves mm-hmm. the main story is like frank and julia and their like julia, weird yeah. thing and right didn't like grab me an insane amount you know mm-hmm. like it, it was okay you know I would have preferred like a movie that focused more on the Cenobites and stuff. But like you said, that kind of changed the whole franchise, but not in a good way when they did that. I Mm -hmm. feel like if they had taken the original ideas behind it and applied it to the Cenobites instead of making it some weird, you know, stupid like slasher franchise, it would have been a pretty cool franchise. But, you know, Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that like, for me, at least, the the original and the remake, they're really, really close. There's not, like, a one that's mm-hmm. clearly better than the other. I think they're no, both great movies. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just personally prefer the new one. I, I feel like sure. it's mostly because they have a lot more, like, they flesh it out a lot more. And it's mm-hmm. definitely, a lot of it's new and different than the original, like, lore yeah. and stuff. But And I will say that the... The the new movie it, it follows a very different story from the original book, but yeah. it, it it it's hard to explain. But it it feels like it like captures the the spirit if that makes any sense. Like it captures like yeah. the spirit of the story so well, but it's a completely different narrative. I think that it's, was that was the wild. idea. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why they call it like a reimagining because like they're they're, yeah. they're trying to follow like the main themes of the story mm-hmm. while at the same time being very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I yeah, I thought it was interesting. I feel like the new movie, I think, too, kind of lays out the themes better. Mm, um, yeah, okay. 
than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that, I f- feel like there were, there was a lot of like weird stuff in the original that like, I was like, well, what's going on? You know, <laughs> um, which yeah. there was definitely weird stuff in the new one, but I felt like I could follow it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the heck was going on with Frank's voice? Like, did they dub his voice? It, it it really seemed like his voice was dubbed, like, even when he wasn't, like, skinless. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, Do you know anything about that? No, I know that for a lot of the, the for a lot of the scenes where he's not, like, fully human, it was a, it different, was a different actor. actor. Yeah. That's and then also at the why... end, it was a different actor as well. So it was really well, only yeah. the, that one actor for a little bit of time until he changed his face at the end. I'm guessing um, that's why they dubbed it because they probably mm-hmm. used the voice lines of the guy who was in like you know the actual like monster like he's credited okay. as Frank the monster. Yeah, so I'm guessing they used his voice and just dubbed him over the other sure. actor to like keep some sort of continuity. But yeah. it came off really weird. I was like, that that's definitely not his voice. No, mm. <laughs> you know, like it just didn't yeah. look right. Yeah, it didn't line up perfectly or something about it. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things I do. I don't know how much this is going to make it into the final video, but yeah. a lot of one thing I like to do on YouTube is I like to watch a movie and then read a book and then compare the two. Yeah. And I was going to do that for the original Hellraiser because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the book and I really liked the first movie. Mm-hmm. But um, the opening scene in the book is, is different from the opening scene in the movie. And okay. so basically it opens with Frank. He, he opens, he figures out the puzzle mm-hmm. and there's, there's this sensory overload and all that. And then after he has like this crazy like trance, he wakes up and there's Pinhead. She's mm. completely naked except for a belt of like tongues around her waist. Oh, that's and nice. she's sitting on a, a throne of decomposing skulls. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And it's like, yeah, that's like the one thing, the one image whenever I think of the book, like that's the one thing that comes up. And it's like, Jeez. I don't know if I'll ever forget that. But yeah. I, wow. That's <laughs> yeah, quite it's, graphic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. kind of wish they'd done something like that. Like maybe not not that messed up, but right something like that. Like at the beginning, instead of just kind of, mm-hmm. it was like yeah. I felt the beginning was kind of confusing because then mm-hmm. they they cut to that scene with those weird like spike things spinning. With the, yeah, you know, and you do see Pinhead, but it's just like was like were those Frank's body parts or what? Like mm-hmm. you kind of put that together, which you know. Yeah. yeah, which which I gotta say, I really like, well, I guess like's not the right word, but I really appreciate, like, their sort of, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what it's actually called, but kind of like mm-hmm. their hell dimension, or, mm-hmm. I really like the aesthetic, you know, it works re- mm. re- really well for, like, a horror yeah. setting, you know, it's just, like, really dark, but it's, like, stone, mm-hmm. um, al- yes. almost reminds me of, like, a maze, it looks like a labyrinth, but, you know, with a lot of... Mm-hmm. Mur- murdery stuff you know um so yeah, i think that's really cool and even like the or- original movie um made that look really cool mm-hmm. yeah and one of the, the the few things i like about the second one is that they actually like the, the the second movie is they actually go to hell and they kind of explore okay. that and it's that's really cool but again i'm not a huge fan of that movie but it, there's some sure. cool aspects of it sure yeah huh well that's cool yeah so yeah the first one's pretty cool and introduced everything and i th- thought it was mm-hmm. kind of cool like all, obviously they had to use pretty much all pra- practical effects because it take it was in the 80s yeah um so the way they made the box move and everything was kind of cool mm. um yeah and i thought the cenobite designs were pretty were pretty cool yeah that's the one thing i think i like about the original more than the remake is i'm a mm-hmm. big fan of like those leather yeah 
costumes as opposed to the original. As opposed to the remake, I guess it makes more sense to like their skins all like weird. But mm-hmm. I, I think the leather just looks cooler in my mind at least. Well, and they still had the weird stuff going on with the, their skin. Just right. a lot of it was underneath. Well, I think the leather makes sense too because Clive Barker's inspiration for mm-hmm. everything, which <laughs> uh, apparently <laughs> when when he when he was a struggling writer. Uh, yeah. He was apparently a male prostitute, you know, so yeah, know, he's definitely seen some shit. Um, and <laughs> he, he apparently, you know, went to some of these S&M clubs sometimes mm. and all the weird crap that he saw in there apparently inspired him, you know, inspired yeah. this Cenobite. So I think the leather makes sense, you know. That, that's kind of one thing that makes this um, franchise so fascinating is that mm-hmm. they they kind of their whole ideology is that pleasure and pain are the same thing and so right. they take like pleasure and then like flip it on its head and that's so interesting like mm-hmm. taking something that's good and like not perverting it i guess well, not really but i yeah it's uh, but like twisting it and like inverting it i guess is a better word mm-hmm. but that's why it's it's really fascinating like cuz like uh in the new one they have that really greedy businessman who's always looking for the next the next thing yeah. and i guess frank was like that in the original but then like when he finally realizes that's not what he wants and i think that's really really yeah. fascinating well yeah and i think like you know i could totally be wrong here but to me the cenobites are almost like the main you know characters taken to an extreme you know mm. like julia and frank you know like basically all the messed up stuff they did just yeah. for their weird you know relationship you know mm-hmm. you know like it's 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 obviously not like a one-to-one but the cenobites are just like the pursuit of pleasure to like a weird perverted disgusting right degree you know yeah uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and i think that is that idea of, of the Cenobites kind of paralleling the main characters is definitely mm-hmm. more obvious in the in the remake mm-hmm. with um, I don't remember the main character's name, but the addict and um, oh, yeah, Pinhead yeah. Be- Pinhead being a female. I feel like that uh-huh. there's a very clear parallel between. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah, those characters. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, and with Riley the, is her name. Riley with the new one, they they even basically said like her final choice was to live with all the stuff she had done. And mm-hmm. that that was actually like one of the the forms of the actual yeah. box, you know, like it was a valid choice, and th- you know, basically her tor- torture was the guilt of everything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I, I kind of thought the addict angle of the new one was in, in, interesting because I feel like it's really applicable. I think more applicable to you know the real world than I would say the first mm. one was. Cause the f- first one was, yeah. you know, very much just like psychos that <laughs> had enough, like a, you know, an affair and we're just killing mm-hmm. people to continue it. Basically. Right. Um, I feel like the whole addict aspect angle is a little more applicable. Cause you know, mm. um, I think a lot of people are, you know, n- know somebody or know somebody who's affected you know, yeah, I mean, and even if you're not addicted to a substance, you're probably addicted to something, you know. Right, like, exactly. Exactly. Human nature is very addictive, but exactly addiction taken to extremes, you know, definitely leads people to do really messed up, immoral mm-hmm. things. And right. I feel like that, especially drug addicts, 
most yeah. famously, you know, will do anything for a high often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where she basically like sacrificed her brother to the box, which she didn't really mean to, but then she kind of right. kept going with it. And she was kind of struggling the whole time. Like she, she didn't want to kill people, but she kind of mm-hmm. accidentally kept killing people or in, in the end she did choose to kill her boyfriend because he was a spy, I guess, which, which yeah. was kind of out of left field. I'll, I'll be honest. Like it was an mm. all right twist, but it was like what? Like how did? Yeah. Like they they didn't really do anything to set that up earlier in the movie. So was was he the boyfriend before he worked for the guy, or did he work for the guy and then become her boyfriend? Which, they weren't know, did it super, say which happened when first. They weren't really clear about that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't seem like they've been dating for very long. Okay. So I'm guessing he already worked for him, but then like, why did they choose her? Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it, it, I can't rem- I'm trying to remember, like, maybe it was just, like, he was supposed to just seduce somebody. Yeah. You know? And then just, and yeah, bring more people She in. was kind of an easy target, so. Yeah. Not really clear, but. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that weird, like, thing in the rich guy's chest? Oh, the the one where it, like, took his nerves or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was I don't know. Like I I yeah. I, I I like how <laughs> like they come up with like new ideas of torture and it's like they mm-hmm. get they so close to death but they're not actually like dying and it's it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's very like morbidly fascinating. So I I, yeah. I liked it in a in a sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, but it was also like what? Like like right. it, it was also just kind of an odd it didn't fully match the rest of like the mm, stuff. Okay, I, I yeah. feel like, I feel like the rest they use like, you know, other torture methods than like something like that. They, they seem to use like those hooks and chains a lot mm, or like wires. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that... I see what you're saying. Like how this is more like mechanical yeah. and like the rest of it's more like myst- mystic or spiritual, I guess you could say. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, yeah. I see what you're saying. Obviously it wouldn't, work if it wasn't mystical because you know right, you can't right. have a thing <laughs> and they and they even showed yeah. like it, it literally went through his spine and mm. like t- took out like some of his vertebrae so uh, obviously yeah. nobody would be able to survive that um mm-hmm. but yeah so it, it was a mixed bag um kind of interesting kind of weird yeah yeah um which i i guess was kind of the whole movie to be honest but but i really liked how and like you know this makes me sound like a freak or something but i liked how like gory this was yeah um i feel like a lot of modern horror movies are too sanitized when it comes Mm. to that and i don't mean like i just want to see blood for blood's sake but Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of horror movies are too afraid to actually show like messed up gross stuff you know right because it's trying to hit a wider audience or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you know it's usually indie movies, like say Terrifier yeah. or something, right. that really go you know hog wild with the gore. Mm-hmm. And it's not mm-hmm. something I would watch very often, but sometimes it's um, oddly re- refreshing to see something a little more yeah. like that. Um, and I thought yeah, I this, definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, I think this movie for like a mildly high budget, like at least compared to like indie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amazon, Hulu, and everything. Yeah, I found it kind of surprising how much they actually showed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if it went to theaters, they probably would have cut some stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm for it for so in that regard, I'm glad that it went to streaming. I prefer mm-hmm. movies in theaters, obviously, yeah. but you know, you have more creative leeway uh, when it comes to streaming services. Do you know why I went to direct to streaming? I feel like I heard there was a reason that this and like Prey and stuff mm-hmm. went direct to Hulu. Uh, I have not heard why. Let me look it up. Mm, I think may, it might have been because it might have had to do something with the. Um, the Fox acquisition, yeah. maybe, because the Predator was a Fox property. I don't know yeah. if Hellraiser was. Yeah, so I'm not seeing anything. Why? Um, I did look on it today, and it looks like Warner Brothers owns um, Hellraiser, at least they do now. Interesting. But uh, th- this might have been a Fox movie, and that's why it's on Hulu, but I don't, I'm not sure. Anyway, I did real. I read it today that there are... De- uh, David Green, who did the the new Halloween trilogy, is mm-hmm. developing a Hellraiser television show for HBO. Okay. So I don't know what so, continuity that's going to be in, but I would assume the movie because it's you know the Hulu like you know it's the same platform. No, it's going to be on HBO. Oh, sorry. Okay, HBO. So I, I don't know if it'll be in the original timeline wow. or the new timeline or something different entirely. I don't know. That's kind of confusing, but. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, uh, and and some of the sequels are on HBO, but the original isn't. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the the rights to this franchise. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think Dimension had the rights to it. Yeah. For a while, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure who mm-hmm. owns Dimension to be honest. So, but um, yeah. What did you think about like the other changes? I mean, I guess there are kind of a lot of changes that they yeah. made. Um, like we already kind of talked about the design, which mm-hmm. I do kind of prefer the old design, but I like that the new one looks so like real. Yeah. And it, it makes more sense in the context. Like that, like they're just like messing around with themselves and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, cause pleasure and pain is the same thing. So they're just inflicting pain on themselves. Yeah. And it, it, it makes more sense. Although aesthetically I like the, the leather more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, there were a lot of changes to like the, the story, which we kind of talked about, but like mm-hmm. the box, I think. Um, yeah, we briefly touched on that, but what did you think about that? Like all the different configurations and it was, it was like a puzzle box, you know, which I, I guess I was originally, but the, this yeah. was more of like changing to a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes, a, it makes more sense because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they just solved the puzzle once like, and then that they come and they, they die. That's kind of the way it was. Right, It's kind of simplistic, but now it makes more sense how you solve one puzzle and then somebody dies and then they mm-hmm. show up and then there's layers to it. Yeah. And that it makes more sense, and it makes it more interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've, No, I think it was good. I think just aesthetically, I think it looks yeah. really cool, the different configurations the box had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting after, you know, a kill, it would, like, automatically switch to the next one. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And they, they, yeah. they, they, they did a really good job with that. It was really hard to tell. Like, honestly, pretty much all of the special effects in this were pretty mm-hmm. darn good. It was really hard to tell yeah. most of the movie what was practical and what was CGI. For sure, and for sure. you know the visuals are pretty good in a modern movie mm-hmm. when, when you can't tell, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool, and I kind of liked a few of the little, like, lore nuggets they gave, I guess. Yeah. I feel like they, they, they more directly, like, kind of talked about what the Cenobites were and what their motive was, mm-hmm. whereas in the first one, I feel like they left things really up in the air. 
Um, yeah. And I'm kind of I'm 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 the kind of person that really wants to know like what's behind things. I'm not like satisfied mm-hmm. with just like well this 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 happened. We don't know why. You know. Right. So I, I liked all that. We even got kind of like an inkling of like how Cenobites are created. You know, it seems like people mm-hmm. that get to the end and choose yeah. that one gift. I I I forget forget what the gift was like power or something. Um, no, I think it was pleasure. Well, the end one though, because like at the very end, like Pinhead or the priest mm-hmm. or whatever said, like you're not seeking sensation; you've always been seeking power or something. Mm. I think. Yeah, that might have been it. Um, like, and then then it was something like the power to understand that pleasure is pain or some crap like that, you know. So mm. I think it was power. It it could have been pleasure. I don't remember, but. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That that's kind of how Cenobites are made. Because it like in other yeah. stuff and other movies, like they mention that it's like people that turned into like you know demons. Yeah, basically, the, the opening scene in the second movie is kind of implies that mm-hmm. Pinhead was a regular guy before he became a Cenobite. Okay. It's it's not never really like think, you don't really see his whole backstory. You kind of just like right. see it through flashbacks. I th- I think I heard that the third one like expounds upon that like even more, which some people liked and some people didn't. Yeah. And overall, I definitely enjoyed the new one. Um, yes. I I honestly yeah, I enjoyed m- most of the changes. I'm kind of tired of mm-hmm. beat for beat remakes. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. I kind of like, like to do their own thing. Yeah, and like I said, it captures the essence of the story so well while doing yeah. something completely different. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, I think it's that's really it's really cool how they were able to do that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably one of the few remakes mm-hmm. that is on par with the original. Mm-hmm. I can't think yeah. of anything within the horror franchise that that's like that. I mean, yeah. Evil Dead, the remake was good, but I don't think it's as good as the original. Sure. Um, it was very different, like Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was um perspective of Somebody who's not a Hellraiser fan trying to trying to talk about Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, just little like fun facts about this remake. Apparently, mm. it's been in development since 2006. Um, oh. Apparently, okay. Dimension Films um, the announced a remake in 2006, mm-hmm. um, and then in October 2007, French filmmakers Julian Mori and Alexand- Alexandre Boost were announced to write and direct the remake um but it it never happened then Mm. apparently they were going to do a pg-13 movie and Mm. that 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 that, that didn't come to fruition because that 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 doesn't make any sense (laughs) no um in october 2013 clive barker posted on his official facebook page that he would be personally writing the remake of the original Mm -hmm. hellraiser and he had already complete completed a deal with dimension films with Dimension Films, Bob Weinstein. Um, uh, he also stated that he would be pushing for practical effects rather than CGI, and the mm-hmm. original and the original Pinhead actor Doug Bradley would be reprising the role, which uh, obviously didn't happen. Didn't happen. Later in March 2017, Clive Barker revealed that the film had not moved forward. The script was written and delivered to Dimensions year, Dimension years ago. That was the last anyone mm-hmm. had, had heard until news of Hellraiser Judgment surfaced. Um, yeah, that's really interesting that it was back in two, 2006 because they've been making sequels mm-hmm. up until 2018 to the original. There's like a bunch of direct-to-DVD sequels that have going out like back-to-back. 
And so that would have been right in the middle of that. So that's really interesting. They're talking about this during all of those sequels. Yeah. So apparently the success of the 2018 Halloween Mm. made the production come like, you know, ramp back up. Yeah. Um, And okay. So in May 2019, Spyglass Media began developing the remake. Okay. Um, And it was written and co-produced by David S. Goyer, who's done a lot of stuff, some good, some bad. (laughs) Um, Like Man of Steel, I'm pretty sure he wrote, he wrote like, he's like so many other things. Like I've seen his name so Mm -hmm. much recently. And then in in May 2021, Hulu acquired the remake for their streaming service. Um, So I guess it was Spyglass and yeah so it hulu. looks like spyglass is like an independent company so yeah. i guess they sold the, the the movie to hulu but the series to hbo that makes kind of that makes sense interesting yeah but yeah uh, yeah that was our thoughts on hellraiser and hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. like yeah. as somebody who is like not familiar with the franchise at all really just kind of knowing mm-hmm. it existed it was kind of interesting to even though i only watched two of the movies i kind of did a mild deep dive into all the you know lore and stuff so that was kind of interesting it's very different than i thought it was yeah and Um, i will say that a lot of the rest of the sequels i think they just kind of they were um scripts for something else a lot of them were just random scripts and they just inserted pinhead into it so as far as like lore goes you got most of the lore that exists out there is are in these two movies yeah yeah Um, which is surprising i always kind of assumed there was more lore to it yeah, that really that's really kind of it. <laughs> yeah, so kind of that's kind of like the Cloverfield movies, where yeah. like there there was the first one, but then they like kept acquiring scripts for the mm-hmm. other sequels. Yeah, I kind of wasn't sure like what this franchise was because it seemed like mildly obscure compared to other ones, but it is very much mm-hmm. kind of like a cult, kind of a cult following, you know? Yeah, a lot absolutely. more, a lot more niche than mm-hmm. most horror franchises, which really makes sense when you like, you know. <laughs> yeah learn about it and how like a lot of the other main franchises are kind of just like there's michael myers and he's chasing Mm -hmm. people or and it's there's not a lot to it yeah but this one there's like a lot there's a lot more going on like story-wise yeah and you can kind of see why it definitely wouldn't attract wider audiences as much right oh yeah your basic slasher or Mm -hmm. like paranormal movie yeah This has been Casual Experts Only, part of the Cultured Nerd Podcast Network. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a review. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow us at casual underscore experts on most platforms, or you can use the link in the description of this episode. This podcast comes out every other Monday, and if you would like to see a video version of the podcast, check out our YouTube channel casual experts. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time.